Hello. Welcome to Infused. Welcome to the year 2021. Welcome, Mike. Welcome, Woo! Francesca. Hi. Woo! We did it. See this son of a bitch? <laughs> Gone. Now. <laughs> Woo. Doesn't that feel good? Very feel good? Yes. Thank very God. good. How are you guys doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good. It's a bright, cloudy day in Delaware. <laughs> 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 Delaware special. We got a little fog. We got a little. Oh no! How you doing today, Francesca? Feeling good? Yeah, I feel great. It's a it's a good day. Still new in the year. I'm happy yeah. with all of it. I got to be honest. I slept like garbage, so Aww. I'm not I'm, I'm not as chipper as you guys. I have a a puppy who thinks she's Marvin Hagler at night, so oh, she no. jabs the hell out of me, and I feel like I've been taking body blows, like I'm in the the old. Tyson's punch out. So Nick, um, I'm going to share this truth. I yeah. sleep like garbage also, not because of my dog, but because I was binge watching Cobra Kai. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I swear to guys up to like two 30 finishing that bitch out. All right. All right. Sensei Patterson, did you finished the whole thing. I did. I did. I thought it was cool on new year's Eve that I, I saw all my uh, friends online sharing the, the graph of what time Cobra Kai was released yeah. <laughs> according to your region yeah so much it's yeah fun. it's embarrassing it's like one of those like bad things that you watch you like what do they call those the guilty it's, pleasures like yeah. it's like yeah. one of those where you're like i gotta watch it now i'm hooked and i just had to finish it out it's Dude. like candy i can't stop i i just it's the junk food of tv <laughs> i love it i'm here for it i'm binging it i don't even care what's in it i just want more of it and i i do love that fucking show i love <laughs> that show i'll defend it <laughs> no i mean it's hitting all the buttons nostalgia wise with a lot of people and isn't it a good thing like one more time to have like something that connects us communally. Like you, Hey, yeah. did you see that? Like it, it's the, we, we used to call it the Good water point. cooler show or whatever the hell that was. Yeah. Um, now we got, we got Cobra Kai, but you have to race through them. So yeah. people don't ruin it for you. It's true. It is a part of the reason why I binge isn't even out of pleasure. It's out of necessity to not get it ruined. It's like I've waited this long to find out what season three is going to actually deliver. So I might as well not get it ruined by some, jerk on facebook you know getting all excited and posting the end of the status with an exclamation point and then reading the comment war that will inevitably oh, yeah. follow yeah. But yeah i gotta say i never thought karate kid universe was ever going to be a thing i never <laughs> yeah. would have guessed that would be the takeaway from the 80s yeah. uh, here's a here's a reveal no one involved in karate kid did either uh, <laughs> that's what that was <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. Uh, yeah, but it's good that you didn't have it, it ruined because my other favorite way that people ruin things now is you wake up and there's a, three reasons why it could have been better freaking blog somewhere. Yeah. You're like, yeah. go to hell, go to hell yeah. with your blog. But, but check our blog out. Um, <laughs> in, in the new year, I wanted to uh, do something. I, I, I was thinking a little bit about, you know, I've gotten a little bit different, you know, as I get older, where I don't, I'm not into this idea of like denying time passing or denying that we get older. Like, Smart I think it's move. very, very healthy. Uh, you know, I have a little hospital scare and you learn, uh, somebody put it this way to me. It's much healthier to gather those years in instead of denying them. You know, gather those in, get that experience, don't hold them back. And I, I think that's a cool take on, on maturing uh, mm -hmm. in, a, in a healthy way, you know. And I was thinking about this when I was a youngster, I dreaded 
that first day on the on the January calendar where you had to, you know, you head back to school and you yep. you had like a week or a week and a half <clears throat> bliss and video games and, and, and karate kid, if you will, and, and whatever. <laughs> um, but now I find myself approaching January entirely different. And I wanted to go back to something. One of our last days at the office in December, Francesca brought this up where uh, we were just in conversation, the three of us moving stuff around, changing the set for the future set for Infused. And Francesca, you said that that period uh, between Christmas Day and New Year's Day, that's your favorite time of the year. Now, I I'm curious as to why that is. And I'm also curious as to if you've always felt that way. I definitely haven't always felt that way. If, if you'd asked me, even up to recently, like a couple years ago or a year ago, I probably would have said my favorite time of year is summer because I love the beach. And it's just sort of an answer that is easy. Everybody understands it and makes sense. But recently I've realized that's not exactly true. My favorite time of year is this after the holidays and up to the very beginning of the new year. It's, it's my favorite because I realize almost everyone, or at least everyone in my little world, and what it seems, the message of the world at large seems to be, this is time off. It's time off either from your work or your school, or um, holiday obligations, or expectations in general. We're not expected to perform the same rate, um, the same pace, the same excellence as all the days before that and yeah. all the days to come. And so it just feels like it's this time where we can have a collective like breath of yeah. relief. And it's like, yep. oh, this is so nice. Nobody's asking me anything. <laughs> and I needed that. And I never yeah. knew I needed it until yeah. I'm in it. You know, what's really cool. I, I love what you said. And one of the things I really picked up on this year that I, that I know, noticed that I loved was no one else is emailing really or texting. And so it's nice being off and not feeling like you're falling behind. Mm -hmm. yeah. sense. Like, and yeah. so it was nice just to know that everybody was kind of recharging and, and doing their own thing, but you know, Hey, we'll come back in a week or so, whatever it's going to be and be ready to roll. But it's, it is nice to be able to just unplug and not feel like you're missing out on something like the fear of missing something scenario. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it's so true, Mike, because with, with that fear gone or that pressure gone, it's just this time that we've all collectively set aside to kind of reevaluate everything, whether that's like you're, you're looking back on things or you're looking ahead of th at to what things could be you're reevaluating everything and you kind of get to reset your priorities and you reset them with, by removing work or school or whatever it is that takes up a majority of your time, removing obligations to family or friends or you know, obligations to the calendar, really. Right. And then you find out what rises to the top in all that space, what actually comes up to you as important when you have that time and space to reflect and look back. I love that. I think it's, yeah. It's great because I can look at what I'm proud of. I can look at what I want to change for the future. And it's done without this judgment because we're mm -hmm. collectively doing something and we're doing it individually to us. So there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's just a period of time. We just set it aside and to some degree or another, 
we decide what's important to us. Um, and I'm not alone in this time of thinking, but I'm yeah. not influenced by others' thoughts. Well, it, saying Very that cool. you're not alone is really uh, interesting because I do think it, it humanizes people if, uh, from your perspective. I was thinking of that, you know, uh, 26 or 27th, I'm on my front porch. Uh, my neighbor comes out and I'm cracking a beer open at 12 noon. And he gives me, he just looks at me like. Sure, it was Newton, Nick. He, he sure just looks was. at me like, yeah, why wouldn't you? <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why so late? (laughs) (laughs) And I I, I look at that as a a really healthy, this little period that we're allowing ourselves. Other cultures do it. I had to learn about the month of August in in Southern Italy, where my my family's from. And they they work as hard as anybody, but they just know when those batteries need to be recharged. So I I think that's really cool. And I'm I'm so grateful for your answer. So I want to, I want to go to you, Mike, because same day, same last day of the office, you were, you were just emphatically like, I love January. And, and what, <laughs> what, I mean, th- this is interesting to me coming from, uh, you're a beach guy, you're into the sea, the sand and the surf. Those things aren't readily accessible to us right now. But what is it about January that really gets you going? Yeah, I think January for me is one of the most exciting times of year at work. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Like, I love January. From the work perspective, I love it because much like Francesca, I use that week after Christmas before New Year's to kind of really just unplug, but then reassess and really think and just kind of be in my own head for once without distraction, without, you know, other priorities kind of getting into in the way. So when I feel like January for me is is like the fresh page, like the new chapter, or it's even the new book of what Alias Can is going to be. And, and it's a time when we can reflect on what's happened in the past and yank out the things that we're, we're proud of and that were successes and just leave all the other bullshit behind and take those highlights and, and use them as the foundation for what we're going to do moving forward and to really set the tone for the next 12 months um, because I mean, it goes by fast. And if, and if you don't take that time to reflect and you just, you, you find yourself mired in what could have been or what might be. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to, to yank out those highlights and to use them as stepping stones to continue to drive forward uh, and to, you know, further what we're doing as a company and as individuals. Well, then you put us there, you put us there perfectly. So everyone Everyone was saying, let's get this goddamn year over with. Let's get 2020 over with. 2021 has arrived. Um, what is it that you want different for this year? Let's talk alias can. Let's talk about your, your approach going into to this year that everybody's been anticipating. I, this is really, this, I love this question, Nick. So um, I didn't know this one was coming actually, so, but I love it. <laughs> I think what I want differently, at least from my, in my personal perspective on this one, is, is we're in a completely different place in terms of where we are as a company than we were 12 months ago. So our mindset is totally different going into 2021. And so what we're really focused on, and Francesca and I spent time yesterday just really mm-hmm. honing this in, is, and what we're really focused on is just being better at what we do, doing less, but make it more. So in other words, really focused on what we're trying to deliver to the marketplace and who we want as customers uh, and doing a much deeper, better job of doing those tasks. And, and I think 
that's really that kind of our overarching theme. And then for me, what I really want out of it is I, I know I need to be more patient with it. Um, patient with the process. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's a mindset, you know, as you guys know, I'm, I'm involved in a couple different businesses. One's an established business and right. then alias can and Terrapin are more startup. So, you know, the mindset for an established business is in a startup is totally different. You know, mm-hmm. if you look at a startup or a, excuse me, if you, if you look at the mindset of a established business, it's about continuing what you've already started. It's yeah. a proven concept that you need to sustain and tweak and continue to add value and continue to kind of protect and, and enhance your position with what you're doing. As opposed to that, the startups, it's not a proven concept yet. Like yeah. there's still work to be done. In fact, if anything, it's more of like, we've got to survive and, and make sure that this is going to work or else we might not be here in 12 months from now. And so the mindset coming in for alias can for Francesca and I, when we were talking about this in December and then again, earlier this week was we need, what are we going to do to ensure that we're here in 12 months and, and how can we make that a sustainable value proposition for who we want to work with so that it's, it's something that's a no brainer for people to want to work with alias can. And that just proves our, our value proposition improves our business model. Yeah. I, I think that all of that is critical to setting us up for success. And I think where it came from, Mike, is us talking about what we really wanted out of you know, our lives in general, personally for ourselves. Um, and then how do we get there with this business? Because it's not that we want the business to be a success so that we can put another notch on the business bedpost. That doesn't, <laughs> that's not the point of this. It should serve us. And, and Mike really brought that to me. He was like, this is bullshit if we're not enjoying it. Um, if we become slaves to it instead of our business serving us, then it's counterproductive, even if on the surface it's a quote unquote success. So while it's really important for us to get the business to um, a legitimate by the book number success to get it to be sustainable, it it should be in doing that producing something for our lives on a, a larger scale. I think that's been probably one of the biggest like mindset shifting conversations Mike and I have ever had, at least for me, because I think a lot of it's very easy to look at work as the be all end all. And it's frankly not. Yeah. Well, I mean, Francesca, I mean, the only reason I, we had that conversation because I've from past experience, I knew that it can go in that direction really fast. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just, you know, you, I try to, you know, you see some gray in the beard and wisdom comes with age. And, you know, it is one of those things that I, I've learned that in the past. I learned that it's not okay to have a business that's a success and then you're miserable. Like that's not what this is all about. And it's, especially a startup. And I, and I say we're a startup because we, I always look at we're a startup because we've only been around like three plus years or whatever. And right. kind of a funny thing as an aside I was talking to a guy last month and he said in cannabis, everything's like dog years. So if you've been around three yeah. years, it's like 20 years in the real world. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, I still consider us a startup in terms of we're still trying to establish ourselves and be mm-hmm. what we want. Our vision isn't met yet. You know, what we right. Right. So I'm going to always call us a startup until we've met that vision. But the thing I see that's really, really goddamn scary that I see a lot of people doing, especially in the startup mode is that desperation to be successful and to 
prove your concept leads the le makes leaders or encourages leaders to start chasing shiny objects and to yeah. do things that aren't consistent with the vision and, and aren't consistent with what they know is best. But it's, it's out of desperation, out of fear, out of fear of failure, out of fear of whatever it might be. But it happens a lot where people get off track because of they're dying to be successful. And it actually is counterproductive. Yeah, it is. It is. And the idea that, um, you know, there's no, you said there's no point in being successful if you're just going to be miserable, but how easy is it, Mike? I mean, you had to teach yourself that or learn that for yourself and then teach it because how easy is it to buy the myth that once you're successful, then you'll be happy. And it's a myth, folks. Mm -hmm. It is so not true. Like whether you're profitable or not, a profitable at a certain, you know, amount or, or you've grown or you've met your vision, that's not going to be, you're not going to hit that, that bell um, and grab that brass ring on that ride and say like, done, did it. I'm good now. It's constantly going to be innovating. So I think mm -hmm. having that vision and then Mike, like you said, not chasing the shiny objects, giving yourself um, permission to take some time to slow down and focus is probably our biggest change. Um, yeah. It's something that we started last year, but we're, we're expanding and, and continuing and getting tighter on this year. Especially yeah. the patience part, because I'm oh, super yeah. guilty of being like, hey, this is what we need to do, and this is also what we need to do, and this is also, they're all three are important things, so let's do them all in parallel, and now yeah. we're, everybody's scattered, and everybody's miserable to some, not miserable, but just not happy, and so, you know, it just is like, for me to make, to improve my work life, but also for everybody at Alias Can, because, you know, everybody's happiness and effectiveness is my job basically. And when it comes to the work responsibilities. So I think, you know, it's one of the things I really want to push that is being patient with the process and trusting it and understanding that things don't all have to happen at once and prioritizing and, and making sure that the things that are going to generate revenue and generate growth that are aligned with our vision are happening in the right order. And it's impossible to, to have that clarity unless you have the space and time for it. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, and have that experience to uh, being involved in other businesses. I mean, it's invaluable. Your, your friend makes a good point that cannabis is very much like dog years, right? I mean, and, and, and being in the game for a couple of years all, automatically makes you a veteran. You said something that just really put it in terms that I could relate to where I'm thinking um, it has to be the difference between being in an established business and starting the new year has to almost be like, you know, when, when somebody wins a title or when somebody wins a Super Bowl, say, well, what are we going to do to compete next year? Who's retiring? Who are we going to plug in? Mm -hmm. What's the most important signing we need to make or two signings we need to make versus cannabis is almost like an expansion team saying, holy shit, <laughs> what do we yeah. have to do to keep people, to get people in the seats? And I think that that's, yes. where that that's where that thing comes from where you rush to do everything. So I guess it's, it's got to be easier, and you tell me. You can now say, we don't have to make this adjustment right now. We can wait till the third quarter. Things start to wear down. We need to change the game a little bit. But that, that's patience that I don't think a lot of people in cannabis have because they don't have that luxury of experience, Mike. Maybe. I mean, and that and experience that definitely does not hurt. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's definitely experience-related, but it's also just – it's hard to trust the process sometimes, you know, especially if you're, if you're on the, 
on the borderline between being in the red and being in the black, you, you'd start really grasping at straws thinking that maybe I'm missing something and we should do mm-hmm. this. That's what will make us consistently in the black or consistently, you know, at a place where we want to be. And so it, like I said, I think desperation is a word that I think comes to mind for a lot of people as they start just grasping at the straws and getting away from their vision. Yeah. yeah. And that desperation pushes you to create false urgency mm-hmm. rather than look at what's important. And I think a lot of people who have ever, you know, read a business book or taken a business seminar and everything has seen like the quadrant of urgent and important and high and low and, you know, what's, in, what's highly important and super urgent, what's not important, but also urgent. It's, it's a whole thing in the world, but it's, there because there's substance to it. The fact that we often confuse importance and urgency when we're in the moment, because look how easy it is to tell yourself that um, the reason you're not getting to something is is rarely in the moment because it's not important. It's usually, at least for me, I, I guess I'll just speak for me, is that when I find that I'm not getting to something, I take it as a personal failure. So it's, it's, I didn't make the time. I didn't prioritize this right. I, it was harder than I expected. I didn't set myself up for success and I let myself down when really what could be happening is that I was just working on the wrong thing. But if I decided that beforehand and I said, you know, this is coming up and this is urgent versus this is, this is a long-term and this is important. I can, manage my time, my priorities, my energy, my mood, everything a whole lot better. Uh, but it takes perspective and it, t- and it takes that pause, which feels like forever when, like Mike said, you're, you're walking that line or maybe you're not in, in the black yet or you never have been or you're like, I've got to do something to get this to where I need it to be. And so I'll do everything. That's always the wrong answer. You know, so bringing this full circle, like, Francesca, you mentioned having the space to get your head and your emotions in the right place. Like that time after Christmas, before New Year's, that's the space. Yep, like exactly. That continues exactly. to be the space. And, and that's, I think, you know, why you, you love that time so much. And same with me. And because to me, that's what leads to January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, whatever it is that we come back to where we're ready to do the next thing and write the next chapter for our story. Mm-hmm. 100%. I, love I love this idea of starting out the year and having that idea of being more patient uh, and, and ultimately being more selective. Uh, it's just a healthier uh, roadmap. Yeah. Well, you know, here, you know, where my, my, I, my struggle on this one is, is the balance between complacency and being aggressive and, and being, you know, pushing it forward because I don't want to be complacent, but I also, mm-hmm don't want to come out with my pants on fire and doing all the wrong things. And- <laughs> or having the things control you rather than yeah. you control them. Yeah. 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 And so there's a very fine line between how to start the year and, and be one extreme or the other. And I think this is the most relaxed I've been coming into a January, probably my whole career. Um, but it's That's intentional. Great. I mean, I was like telling myself, like, I've got to like, let this play out. And, and otherwise I make myself miserable. I make everyone around me miserable, my family, my coworkers, you know? And so, you know, I, I'm learning more about myself, which is cool. But at the same time, I'm, I'm like 
hoping it's what business needs. But at the same time, I'm like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to light my pants on fire again and start kicking ass. You know, like, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's so hard to I'll give it a week. maintain. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's really hard to sustain, but you also know that this is what you need to be to create a sustainable business model. So it's, it's a really right. tough catch 22. You've got to sure. be convicted in your vision. And right, then yeah. commit to that process. Right. Yeah. And and the, the 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 valuable again, we're going back to the idea of experience here, does teach you to be comfortable with with the the idea of not chasing after every object or not yeah. saying, Oh yeah, we're gonna try to sell cannabis toilet paper or do it like, <laughs> nah man, this is this yeah. is what we do. Uh, we do some things and there, there's other things that we won't do. And I think when you when you do when you can identify now here's what we do and here's what we're not doing. That, that's really valuable. And that's a really that, good thing. That's kind of been pretty refreshing. I, I don't know. I know you've had a bunch of no thank yous that you've delivered, Francesca, from different mm-hmm. leads of coming in. <laughs> so have I. And it's in some ways it feels good to just say, you know what? Sorry, I understand what you'd like to have done. We can't help you for whatever reason. Good luck. Maybe you can talk to this person or that person, try to help them if we you know, steer them in the right direction. But knowing that we know who we want to be and, and how we want to do it and who we want to serve that feels pretty good and that and it and it just reinforces the no thank yous to the people that don't fit that that criteria it, it is so similar this i hope it's similar i just thought of this so as i'm talking it might fall apart but <laughs> i think it's very similar to dating so when you first start dating it's like you'll say yes to anybody that asks you out that you're remotely attracted to sure why not because i don't know what i like yet because i'm just putting myself out there for the first time but then you go on dates with different types of people and you learn the ones that where your patterns are and you're like i don't like this kind of person i don't like when people do this i you know if they're rude to the waiter out of here <laughs> you know if they're whatever a, a bad driver i'm not into you wow. whatever it is and so then you learn what you like and then you can start targeting your your dating towards that and being like now i need to find where these people that have these things that i like live or what they do or what what they're into so i can put myself there and in a in a position to receive more of what's good for me and then from there be highly selective and choose the right partner that you establish a long-term relationship with well our business is the same way at first we're going to try everything sure we'll sell your hemp sure we'll sell your cannabis sure we'll do we'll sell anything if you've got it we'll sell it and it's like "Mm, now we're learning certain things don't get sold the same way we're not as good at certain things as we are at others we like certain we require certain things from clients. Say they have to have a certain level of operations or a certain personality or whatever it is. And now we're in, we're putting ourselves where we have the most chances to find the right partners. And mm. now we get to be highly selective and pick the ones we want to have long-term relationships with. It's it didn't fall apart. I'm happy. It's interesting analogy. And it's almost the basis of another episode. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So we really got to be selective and we have to, you know, we'll only consider people that are from this dojo and not the other dojo. Uh, I've got, I've got a studio audience in here and they were, they liked that one. Um, the, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's shift gears in a, in a minor fashion. Uh, talking about what you guys do, well, what, what, what's something that doesn't change year in and year out? Let's, let's identify the old American idiom. 
from the 19th century. I spent 13 years teaching 19th century literature. So the brass tacks, what do we need? What are the critical needs uh, that you need to put in place to start the year out the right way? I'll start, Francesca. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. How would you want to go back and forth? Because I know I know one for sure. Ooh. <laughs> no, no, there's there's about four things that I think are are really, really critical for not just cannabis owners and leaders to put in place, but any business for that matter. I mean, this is a kind of a recipe that I think fits almost any any business. And so I think the four things that I I would recommend any business owner put in place are number one, the vision. Um, you have to have a clear vision of, of where you're going to go. You have to communicate that vision because it doesn't do the rest of the company any damn good if you're sitting with that idea in your head, but you don't tell them. Um, so, you know, to me, it's having the vision, communicate it. And then the third part of that is to let everyone know how they fit into that vision. Because you know, I've seen over time that when people understand how their role contributes to the success and to the moving of the company towards where they're going, when, when, when people understand that they're a part of that and they're a necessary and critical part of that, it just motivates people and it lets them see that everything they do day in and day out that can seem monotonous and mundane at times, especially in the sales world. But when they see that doing those things adds up and moves the needle, then that just creates a lot of momentum and a lot of commitment, a lot of loyalty towards the, towards the vision. So I think that is first and foremost, the first thing that is of utmost importance to, to roll the year out with. And Mike, you, you said it perfectly to me once where you, um, I forget what we were talking about, but it was about rolling out something to everybody. And we were talking about how to present it. And you said, the only thing that they're going to want to know really is what does this mean for me? So if you can't articulate what it means for them, then you're going to lose the people that are integral to their, to the, um, to the vision and making that succeed. Yep. Yeah. I I always think, I mean, that's what everybody cares about that. What's it going to mean for me and what's it going to mean for my family and everything? Cause at the end of the day, no one comes to work because they have nothing else to do. I mean, work is a, a part of the equation of life and how it translates into their personal life and their goals and all that. That's what really matters. Um, you know, so it, it, people have to understand that. hundred percent. Yeah. It's funny. I've been listening to and, and doing a lot of uh, reading and listening to interviews of one of my favorite writers, David Chase, who uh, created the Sopranos. He worked on Rockford files. He worked on uh, Northern <laughs> exposure. David Chase says that the most consistent theme from the show, The Sopranos, is things go wrong when you don't make people feel appreciated. And I thought, I thought about that to myself and the thread that goes wow. through that series. Every time somebody messes up, every time someone starts to get lazy, every time somebody jumps ship or does, you know, it's because they, they they're feel- feeling they're being leapfrogged by yeah. some other. It's like, well, I was in line for that role or that captain <laughs> or that. Yeah. Or like I am being disrespected. And yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a shit show. I, I thought it was such a simple thing, but it's, it's the it's most brilliant. powerful, powerful thread yeah. through, wow. through, you know. I'm going to have to rewatch the Rockford Files now to see if I can find that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was just in The Sopranos. Oh, okay. And it was, it was uh, 
It was from their uh, Talking Sopranos podcast, which is exceptional, yeah, cool. exceptional. Um, so let's go to, uh, we, we talked about the vision. Let's, we talked about the, the, the mapping out the year. What do we need to do in terms of um, resources as far as, you know, sales are concerned and that kind of thing? I think one thing you have to look at is now that you have the vision, you have to put the pieces in place to make sure that there's operations to carry out that vision. So mm -hmm. that's looking ahead and saying, okay, for this to be true by this time, then what do we need to have in place? Both the people that we need to have and the roles that are right for that, um, maybe the training that's required for them to grow into the roles that they need to grow into, um, the technology, the tools, the inventory, whatever it is, it's going to be different business to business. But those, those real tangible things that are basically setting up the chessboard to say, okay, I have... I have things where they need to be to make the moves that I need to make to get yep. to where I need to go. So a lot of this is, is simple operations and you can look and say, um, I'm struggling because I can't fulfill orders because I don't have somebody reliable to show up to pick and pack. Well, then what do you need? You know, uh, do yep. you need a new system? Do you need a new person? Do you, what is it? So looking at your resources, identifying the gaps that you both have and need to fill, but more importantly, you're going to have, and you need to, to have a plan for. Yeah, that's a great one. And I think, you know, we've seen that go in the last 12 months, we've seen a significant difference between our clients that have process and procedures in place and the reliable people to fulfill orders yeah. versus those that do not. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's something I, I'm glad you brought that up second, Francesca, because, you know, it's, I think a lot of people say, all right, you have a vision, then you need to get sales. Everybody always thinks sales is like the, what drives a company, but it's can, the money. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and everybody wants to hire salespeople and you could have a hundred salespeople, but if you don't have your operations squared away in the back end, you're wasting your salespeople's money and their time and wasting your money. And, and so it's operations is so critical and it's, and it just continues for us to reinforce you know, how to make sure we have our operations set up uh, internally, because it's a lot of work. I mean, setting up operations and writing procedures and, and making sure process is followed consistently um, in any business, whether you're growing or selling or doing whatever you're doing in the, in the space, it's a lot of work. And there's many times not immediate return on investment of people sure. that you hire to put in place to do operational type uh, job functions. But if you don't have it, you're fucked. Bottom right. line. <laughs> and a lot of people don't, a lot of cultivators don't have it, unfortunately. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll run down a list of questions when we start working with somebody of like, do you have a menu? Do you have testing? Do you have pictures? Do you have a logo? Do you have a brand? Do you have sample program? Sample yeah. policy. Yeah, How exactly. Transportation. Right. Mm -hmm. So many times the answers are no to those things. And we have to help them build that because it's necessary to get to where they want to go. So I will say, I, I love people helping people build that stuff though. It's so fun. Yeah. It is fun as, to do. Yeah. I mean, it's fun as an, as, as long as like, they follow through. Yeah. But I mean, I think as an outsider, it's easy for us to see sometimes what people lack in those areas because we're not invested in it and we didn't create it. So we can kind of see from afar and go, oh, okay, so here's a couple areas that can have really high impact if you just yeah. address these scenarios and we can help you with it or guide you in the right direction. But until those foundational things are done, like don't hire us to sell for you because nobody's <laughs> going to be happy. True. What is 
It is cool. I, it's something I really hope that we get to do in, in 2021 because it would, it would make great fodder for a show. But um, I really want to go to another farm because we were limited in our travel last year. But mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to go to a farm and be able to see like, okay, where's the wheel going to fall off? Or what's, what's the one mm-hmm. thing that needs to be tightened up here uh, yep. just from, just from our, our collective experience? Yep. Um, so give me, give me another component, uh, another one of these brass tacks that's, that's very, very uh, critical to getting the year going correctly for you, Mike. I think, you know, after we have the operations stuff squared away, then to me that my head goes to sales and building out a sales model um, and understanding who we want to target, how we're going to target them in a way that is um, convenient and effective for them. Because, you know, every sales prospect w- many times they want to be communicated with in a different way. Some people are more in the phone, some are in the text, some are into email. So, you know, in doing our job effectively, we've got to not only make contact with people, but then also understand the most effective and convenient way for them to do business with us. So that kind of a cat and mouse game is I, I love that part of it. And it's because it's, it's true like detective work almost to really find the right people, make a connection, figure out the best way to, you know, work with them to bring our products to their stores or to, you know, do whatever it is we're, we're challenged to do for our clients. And so it's a lot of fun, but you know, the sales element of it and, and building out that sales model that will be repeatable uh, and, and, you know, throughout the year is something that to me is probably the third thing we look at doing. I think I love what you said, Mike, because there's, especially towards the end there, because that's the critical piece of figuring out how obviously everybody wants to be communicated with, like, what is your, what is your sales look like, but then taking that and creating systems from it so that it's repeatable, like you said, and Mm -hmm. it's going to be deliver predictable results or largely predictable results. So I think creating a system of sales is the, the mature, like the advanced option (laughs) of, of addressing the sales. Yeah, it really is. I mean, because anybody can, make a, a piece of paper and write down who they're calling and write a couple notes down. And, and I see a lot of people notebook style, or then the next thing people do is they'll start keeping an Excel spreadsheet. And that was in the, now that's their system, but to really utilize the CRM and to track activities and to, um, you know, set tasks and create a pipeline and to do all those things and, you know, develop profiles that you then can use for future use to really hone in on your best pros- prospects for the future. That's, that is advanced stuff. And that's what mm-hmm. most people don't do. That's, and I think we, I take for granted that we do do it because we've done it for so long. Uh, but it's, it is fun, you know, and it's, and it's, it's fun to see the fruits of that labor come to fruition is that too many fruits in one basket? No, it yeah, works. The fruits come to fruition all yeah, the time. Okay, all right. <laughs> Cornucopia here. Yeah. Anyway, it's fun to see. <laughs> <laughs> Flip that uh, over to, the, to this. Uh, the things you're talking about creating, Mike, um, and, and the things that kind of guide your practice throughout the rest of the year, stuff's time consuming. Coming up with SOPs, drafting that stuff. But I mean- Tell us what's the downside if you don't take care of that stuff now, Francesca, what happens? 
you're going to have chaos on your hands. <laughs> it's going to fall apart. You'll, you'll be able to juggle the balls for a little bit, but you're inevitably going to drop them because you keep adding more and you, you didn't realize that you were at capacity. So balls start getting dropped and that can look like missed sales, missed opportunities, unfulfilled orders. Turnover. Um, it, turn employee turnover for sure. Um, there's, there's a lot that can go wrong if you don't have all of those things in place, but in particular operations and sales systems, um, that are linked to a clear vision that's being communicated. I got to think the downside of that too is, you know, once the wheels do start to come off and you're, you're stuck in for lack of a better term, you're just going to you're just going to allow it until the next time you're able to catch your breath. So why not put the work in now uh, so, so that things are taken care of properly? Um, it's a really interesting way to get, you know, draw the curtain back a little bit. Do, do we, do, are we missing one area? Do we, do we cover them? I think you need to address um, marketing, whether that's marketing, advertising, PR, whatever you want to call it. Marketing is the next component that you have to have planned out for your business to succeed. And it's really important to think through marketing in the right way and not do an apples to apples of sales to marketing, expecting the same kind of ROI and marketing that you would in sales. Unfortunately, a lot of times marketing is, is just lost dollars to create something that's the long game, you know, whether that's a presence, a brand, um, to a bigger audience, more views. And you really, don't always know what works until after you've spent the money, the time, the effort, and the energy to do it and see the results and measure them. So again, back to the dating of like, you kind of have to try a little of everything or try a little of everything that makes the most sense to see what sticks and what you want to stick with. So I think marketing is undeniably important because it's going to be a big revenue suck if you are not planning it out. It's very easy to get caught up in marketing energy and being like, oh, well, if this is the next hottest thing, well, oh, I have to do SEO. Oh, I guess that's what it costs. And suddenly you're draining your bank account every month with marketing dollars and you had no plan, strategy, or measurements um, or metrics around it. So that's a, that's a big mistake if you ignore marketing. Yep. And I think, you know, the other thing we see a lot of too is, you know, I always look at marketing as like the voice, you know, your voice mm-hmm. out there that's talking and delivering messages. And so many times we see marketing not being aligned or consistent with what the sales team is doing. And so now you have different voices or, and we see the other thing we see a lot of is the salespeople don't know what marketing is even doing at all. So, you know, they'll go or say, we'll call a store and they'll be like, Hey, I got to add a promo today. That's 20% off all pre-rolls. And you're like, Oh, now you look like a dumbass because you don't even know. <laughs> er, <you're>, yeah. um. <laughs> and so, you know, to have an, a plan, you know, to be aligned is huge, but to also to have a plan, Francesca, like you were saying, and to plan out what you want to do and how you want to do it and put a budget against it and, and demand that whoever you're working with, whether you're doing it in-house or you're hiring somebody, that they provide you metrics and stats to show that it's having some impact is huge. And, and I think what I see a lot of people doing is a lot of just throw money at marketing as the, mm-hmm. and, and then say marketing doesn't work when they don't have mm. another big step change in sales. And so it's got to be strategic people. I mean, yeah. damn, come on. It's, you know, it's put your, make it like think ahead a couple steps in this game and you can make it work. But as so many people I feel like are just like month to month marketers is how I describe them. 
Ooh, Absolutely. It is so common. Like, and, I, and that is not in a shaming way at all because it is mm-hmm. so common. It is mm-hmm. so many people are doing this and we're saying be better than everybody else by having this plan and applying a strategy and looking ahead. Mm-hmm. That's how you can rise above everybody else. I love what you said, Mike, about you think of marketing as the voice. I love that. I, I like, I will add to it. I think good marketing is the truth. If you are just saying things to put them out there to get, it's like clickbait essentially, um, you're lying and everyone's going to see through it. We've all been marketed to for years, years and years. So we know usually if it's, if it's obvious and you're just doing a formulaic, you know, BS, we're going to see it and it's not going to work. So make sure your marketing's truthful too. Yep. Good point. Outstanding. So we, we have our bases covered to start the new year. Uh, every, everything in place. Um, everyone feeling comfortable and optimistic about, about what 2021 uh, is going to bring. The year of the ox. Chinese New Year next month. What was last year? The year of the what? The year of the rat. <laughs> Isn't that freaking, <laughs> I mean, I mean it, it, a little on the nose there, right? Yeah. Jeez. The year of the rat. What's that? Yeah, I know. They... The audience thinks Francesca's way too into this dating thing in 2021. <laughs> it sounds like I should be worried. That's a good point. Give him a, a infused hat when they leave. Um, so uh, it's just the 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 end of the you know the the first episode of the year. So I just want to say we're not not getting into a bunch of questions here and there. I just want to say hello though uh, to someone in particular. So I want to go to the great state of New Jersey. And say hello to uh, Frankie Fifth Year, producer extraordinaire. Are you there, my friend? Yes, sir. How is everybody? Hey, good, Frank, Frank. We covered that already. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk! Wow. What a jerk! <laughs> mean Francesca. Watching a little, <laughs> little Cobra Kai girl starts starts chopping it. Everybody Tory. sweeping the leg. <laughs> Frank, you doing okay in this new year? Yeah, I'm excited to get started. Uh, 2020 was a pain in the ass, but um, yeah, looking forward to 2021. Now I got, I've got intel that you're actually joining us uh, from the Borgata. Are you up? You down? How you doing? Uh, I'm even right now. I'm hey, even. Nice. that's a win. Anytime <laughs> you're even at a casino, that's a exactly. dub. You know who you are? Even Steven. I love it. I love it. Uh, Frank, I want to start with you. Any resolutions? Are you a resolution guy? Yes. And the resolution that I wanted to start 2021 was to actually put on a full outfit on Zoom. <laughs> I love it. It's, like on, it's always been business on top, PJs on the bottom. But, I, you know, I want to do the full <laughs> outfit this time. Yeah. And then you were doing that thing that, uh, I Ooh. mean, to each his own. And we're in, we're in the cannabis community. But I did not like nude Fridays. That was the thing that just didn't go over well. Um, so this is more that. questions than answers. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I love that the one though, bud. I had that. I had a similar thought about just getting dressed in business casual, just to you know see how the hell I'd feel. Um, <laughs> it's been a while. Dude. I don't even know where my stuff is. <laughs> <laughs> a big bag just thrown <laughs> somewhere. Um, anything else, bud? Was on the resolution front. Uh, just living my best life, you know. There you go. Hey, man, Being you with family, it. it's uh, it's been a blessing 2020. And 
you know, it's, it's something to look forward to this year. Um, just being around family again. It's truly amazing. Yeah. You, you live your best life. We love uh, everything about you. Everything you do for us and what you do for infuse is is just amazing. And uh, my best to big rags and Marjorie, please in the new year for uh, healthy, healthy, happy one. Uh, Francesca, uh, in the resolutions, even if I know this, I'm going to pretend that I don't. <laughs> I, I love goal setting. Um, so really, I know it's shocking living with me. You'd never know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love goal setting and resolutions. I just look at as the time to goal set for the year. So I don't usually resolve to necessarily change anything because a i'll forget what i said i wanted to change and i'll just not do it um and b it's it's like setting this overthinker up for major (laughs) disappointments so so, yeah i just look at i just look at goals and um set a few in, in a few different ways but actually what i did recently was i did some journaling about what are my um values that I live by and kind of looking back in both, you know, looking back to 2020, but also looking back in all the years and seeing where do I consistently feel joyful or accomplished or safe or confident or like the best version of myself. And then um, I identified, you know, four or five kind of key values of like play and care and heart and work and, um, you know, a couple of the things and it was just like, yep, those are the things that I want more of. And they're also the things I need to watch to make sure they don't become my, my own worst enemy. So, um, that's, that's where I've been this year is it, it's a little different take, but goal setting and, and value identifying. I like that. I like that. It's, it's, it's a refreshing wow. take actually. That's really good. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. All right, Mike, you're up. Uh, are you into resolutions? You know, I think it's hard not to if you're into reflecting and thinking back and thinking ahead, it's almost impossible not to set some sort of resolution for yourself. Yeah. So um, I'm not into like pressure on myself. I feel like my life has enough pressure inherently <laughs> anyway. So, I, um, but what I am into, so I'm not into like setting a hardcore resolution and be like, I'm going to work out, you know, X days or do this or do that. Like, I don't, I guess to mm-hmm. me is just a setup for failure. But what I am into is just looking at it as a whole and saying like, okay, so what have I learned? about my life what have I learned about myself and like so I just turned 49 so I feel like this is a big year because I feel like you know I'm hitting like that a 50 spot you know next year and it's kind of freaking me out so I'm kind of looking at this year saying like all right this is a year where I really want to do more for myself to set up the next decade almost mm, so like I want to I love that better nice. at like taking care of myself and like physically and mentally and emotionally, because, you know, I don't want to hit my fifties and, and turn into like a grouch or have bad health or not be able to live the life I want to live because, you know, I, I've got high blood pressure or stress sure. or, you know, all that kind of stuff that can really drastically inhibit your life. You know what I mean? So this is something I'm sure Frank hasn't thought about yet since he's still in his twenties. But as you get to hit like a number like 50, it kind of gets in your head, I think. And it's definitely been in my head to some degree, but I don't want to use it as like a negative. I'm trying to look at it and say, okay, so what do I need to do this year? I've given myself 12 months to say, where do I want to be a year from now that I feel like I've set myself up for another fun, strong, healthy decade. 
I wow. love that, Mike. Damn. I think that's so cool. And really? yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. I I tend to have a very negative outlook about birthdays and my birthday. And so I love that you're treating this as like, how can I how can I take the best care of future future me right yeah. now? I love yeah. that. Set it up. I love that too. Damn you guys. Yeah, what about you, sure. Nick? That's yours, Nick. It's going to sound, you know, I, I say it every year. So, I mean, b- becoming the ultimate fighting champion, is, uh, <laughs> it's, it's something that I'm, I'm always in January, like, yeah, man, I'm going to get it. And then I just, I always lose sight of it for some reason. Peter's yeah. off as the year goes. Uh, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I, I think uh, this year I've resolved like simple little things too. It's very much in, in the vein of what you're talking about, Mike. Um, and, and what Francesca was talking about too, with identifying what you value and, and, pursuing those things so i've 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 kind of resolved to get back to i'm trying to read at least 30 minutes a day that doesn't involve you know cannabis work-related stuff but at least do that 30 minutes a day um continuing with with fitness and exercising um and uh but really chasing the 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 passions and uh practicing those things i value so making sure i i get back into practicing drums, practicing music, uh, just flexing those muscles as much as I can. Cause I know that those things, that's what I identify as, or even, mm-hmm. you know, I, I started juggling a soccer ball again over the break. Wow. I, I felt like a kid, you know? So I was like, this is great. If I can touch these things and I, and get back to those places, I'm going to be, I, I'm going to be a lot better. But nice. I, I, I want to, that's hey, awesome. Thanks. Does this wanna, mean that we're going to get more of your voice work? in in oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah i did i did uh work on that a little bit too over the yes. break so i'm wow. excited about that wow. a teaser a teaser yeah. <laughs> i don't know um but uh a couple quick things we're gonna we're gonna get out of here for the first one of the year um we're coming in the year strong uh, i think that that uh, and i think frank would agree with me you guys are, set us up for success we're excited about the year and where you you've uh, steered this ship and, and what you've steered it through. So we're all very, very excited about that. And we're heading into the year, like I, I gotta say hello to, to Ashley. I wanna say welcome, we have a new teammate in, in Megan, we're so excited. Like we're, we're yeah. we are poised for success. We're feeling strong. So uh, I love this team and I love what it's become. So maybe we could all resolve to a couple of things. Let's be kind to one another, be good to one another in, in this, this new year. And that's gonna keep us feeling happy and healthy. Look. Rate, review, like, and subscribe to Infused. If you'd be so kind, it would mean the world to us. I had to say it. Mike told me to. Um, and the... <laughs> it's never going to Mike get old. didn't say it. <laughs> I did. It's going to get old. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're excited to, for what Infused is going to be in the new year. So we're going to see in February. Uh, please spread the word. Help us spread the word. We really, really appreciate it. February's coming. You're the ox. We're going to see you next time from Delahue, Delawat, Delaware. Bye bye now. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include 
cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.